and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone. I would like to introduce you to our guest today, Carrie Hummingbird. What a beautiful name. She is a soul guide, shamanic healer, award-winning author, and inspirational speaker. We are actually going to be talking about one of the books that she wrote, The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and wait until you see the synchronistic uh, connection between her writing this book before 2020 and some of the downloads that she received while writing this book. But she has over 20 years of experience in leading by inspiration and a special passion for empowering women to be the artist of their lives. She mentors women to rewrite the story of their lives through inner transformation, connection to essence, remembrance of person purpose and realignment to authenticity and truth. And she has just a wonderful bio. We will put all of that in the show notes because I want to hurry up and start talking to her. So Carrie, welcome to the Path Love and Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate this opportunity to share messages. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool that uh, you are certified in energy medicine by the Four Winds Light Body School. We had an opportunity to talk to Alberto Viloto. Um, so it's really cool to, you know, have a chance to talk to somebody that actually has gone through his program after having a chance to have him on the podcast. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. He's, um, he's developed quite a powerful program for energy medicine and claiming your personal power and, you know, getting aligned with, uh, sovereignty. Um, it was a foundational program for me. I've studied with other teachers, but that, that program is my foundation. Yeah. And, you know, when you wrote about your experience about, you know, hiking up the mountain, um, and him challenging (laughs) you a little bit, I thought that that was really interesting too. So, so I guess, uh, before we begin and we kind of get into the second wave, I thought it might be nice if you would like to tell our listeners a little bit about your background and maybe also your connection to the hummingbird. Absolutely. So just really quickly, um, I had some a lifetime of psychotherapy, actually. So I was on the couch, you know, receiving uh, talk therapy for about two decades, most of a good part of my life. And all of that was because of some early childhood trauma that I experienced and some ongoing um, patterns of um you know, emotional abuse that I didn't recognize were emotional abuse for much of my life. I think there's probably listeners who can concur with that. Like at some point you realize, oh, that's not love, you know, oops. And uh, so I I basically um, was in a lot of that trying to figure out myself or fix myself for other people thing. And um, that that had, that ran its course, you know, it kind of, it went up against its edges and and I went into a deep, dark um, depression and I wanted to kill myself. I didn't want to keep living. Um, and what happened was I broke, like I cracked open, which is what happens to a lot of us when we go through intense things that lead to the desolation of our lives and we crack open, something new happens. And in that moment, um, 
I got a message that said, that's the end of the rope. So I said, and I knew what that meant, like almost like it was pre-programmed. I was like, oh, that's the end of the rope. Okay, got to move on. And I left my my husband at the time. Um, of course, I maintained my, my my parenting of my two young kids, but I, I left him. I left psychotherapy and I just set about a different course with an open mind, like, okay, there's got to be another way to live life. And I stumbled into it. And um, that way was um, learning about spirituality which I had never had before. I never had religion and never had spirituality. And I opened to that pathway. And along that pathway, I learned about um, shamanic drumming as a way to put yourself in a trance state so that you could access other um, aspects of reality through the trance state. It could quiet your mind. And for me, my mind was always racing and that was, it just never shut up. And it was so hard to live with that mind always busy. So the drum journey was my first experience of a, of a tool I could use to really quiet my mind and, and to get into a different space. And so one day when I was doing the drum journey, to answer your question about the hummingbird, um, one day when I was doing the drum journey, I was actually trying to manifest my house that I live in right now. Um, I had seen the house and I said, okay, that's my house. And then my realtor said, oh, well, somebody else is, is um, back and forth on buying that house. So you're probably not going to get it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to pull my drum out. We'll just see about that. So I, I pulled out my drum and I was visualizing being in the house and, and just, you know, drumming and just seeing the house and my ancestors, um, who had departed were coming in and telling me how wonderful it was. And, and then all of a sudden at the end of the call, at the end of the, uh, the drum session, what happened was I looked, I was in the house in my vision. I was making the whole thing up in my brain, but as I was looking out the back kitchen window, all of a sudden in my vision, I saw a rainbow hummingbird rise up in the back window and hover. And it was this moment of expansion when spirit is present that was profound and beautiful and awe-inspiring. And I literally was like, wow. <laughs> and the second that I saw that vision and it kind of hovered there in that moment, seeing the rainbow light and the, and the unexpected presence of hummingbird, then the phone rang and it was my real estate agent. And she said, the house is yours. How much do you want to offer? Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Success. And yeah. So I also, um, I also wanted to talk a little bit, um, again, maybe we, if this is in the book, but there is, uh, one of my Reiki students uses, you know, rainbows, uh, in her, in her Reiki energy. And I've always been connected to rainbows ever since I was a little girl. You know, I think most children, that's what they love to draw are, are rainbows, but I too am connected to, you know, all the colors of it. And you talk about how you began, uh, channeling rainbow energy after one of your, your quest and healing adventures. So can you talk a little bit more about how, you know, channeling rainbow energy and what that means? Because I would love for one of my Reiki students to be able to listen to this podcast and, and maybe connect with it even deeper within herself. Yeah. So <clears throat> the rainbow light is, um, it's a beautiful activation of higher consciousness and the ascension of humanity. Um, I did not know any of that, of course, when I started channeling Rainbow Light. All I knew is I'd been to Ausangate, the holy mountain in Peru, on that trip with Alberto Vialda that you mentioned. And up at the top of Ausangate is uh, at 16,500 feet is the Rainbow Lagoon. 
And that rainbow lagoon is is a portal of rainbow light um, on the planet. And this is the rainbow bridge. So everyone talks about the rainbow bridge and, you know, you hear references of it so many places in our cultural um, history just storytelling. And it's actually a real thing. You know, there's a rainbow bridge. And um, one time I asked my guides, I said, well, how come when I'm doing these healing sessions, um, I don't have like the same problems that other people have? Like I might find entities and things like that and I clear them out, but I don't, I'm not plagued by those entities later. Like I don't have those issues that some other healers have. Why is that? And the message I heard from my guides was, well, because we keep you on the rainbow bridge. Bridge. We keep you on the rainbow bridge. You don't deviate from the rainbow bridge. So you're never off wandering around in the areas where those other things would affect you. So I thought that was really interesting. And there's been some, you know, as a healer, when you're a healer, you, you inevitably run across um, energies that are, um, that just seem menacing. It's just part of the deal, you know, that is out there. And um, this rainbow light, to stay in the rainbow light and to stay in the rainbow bridge, means to stay in a place of love and power that is an ascended path. And it, it's a path that, it, you know, is the eternal soul. It's the space of, um, of your soul. So it's not compromised by this material realm, you know, so nothing in this material realm can actually affect that eternal soul that you are in any kind of lasting way. So there's just the fear of it is all. And so staying in the rainbow light um, is acknowledgement of your soul, essentially, that we are all that rainbow light. So that's one of the reasons why um, on, the, on the cover of the, um, the second wave book, there is a rainbow eye. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> because the eye, it's the eye, right? So it's so literal. This is why I love this image. When I saw this image, I knew that was the image. I didn't know why. But then after I contemplated it, I've been contemplating it now for like 10 months. I was like, oh, it's the rainbow eye. The I am presence is the rainbow. And we are each a dot in a fractal dot of the rainbow. So we each have a frequency on the rainbow. But the rainbow is the whole eye. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, I think that's pretty cool. So when when I flood down the rainbow light, sometimes people want the whole rainbow. They're just like, please give me the whole rainbow. And other times they just want a dot in that rainbow. They want like a frequency of it. Maybe they want sunlight or maybe they want turquoise light, you know. So each person knows during a healing what their soul is calling for, like what, what frequency, just like nutrients, like what nutrient do you need right now to feel good? Do you need vitamin C? Do you need vitamin D3? These are all frequencies. And so the rainbow light is also frequency. So they all have different meanings. I, you know, I haven't gone into like the meanings of things. I tend to not put my mind on it. I just accept that whatever the reason why in this particular healing, this person needs sunlight. Wonderful. Thank you so much for answering that. And I'm excited for her to listen to this podcast. So, um, so let's go to the book, the second wave, uh, right in the beginning of the book, I wanted to read just a couple of, um, passages that blew me away because, <laughs> you know, I started reading it this week. Uh, you know, we're recording on May 8th. We're in the middle of this pandemic and this COVID virus. And I think my jaw just dropped to the floor. <laughs> I was thinking, Oh my gosh. So, um, so part of this in the book, I want 
want to read to our listeners. You say, at the beginning of 2019, I began receiving downloads that there was big work to do this year. And in February, I received the message that I needed to write a new book. What book am I writing? I wondered. And then I got the message that I was writing a book for the second wave. What is the second wave, I asked, and then I was guided to look up Dolores Cannon's work and remembered that along the way I had watched one of her videos about the volunteers to earth. So I just want to pause there for a second because last week, one of my clients who is, um, you know, on a spiritual path came across Dolores Cannon's work and she said, have you ever heard of her? And I was like, gosh, no, how have I never not heard of her? And <laughs> I had all over my body. <laughs> yeah. And then here, here it is coming up again this week. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, then in another part of your book, uh, to connect with this second wave, you say with new earth, all of this creation of human suffering comes crumbling down. As I listen to the great spirit, I hear the second wave of volunteers has come specifically to experience all of the human viruses of suffering that run through the DNA and to heal it using ancient wisdom, seven generations forward and seven generations back. The second wave of volunteers is here to raise their own inner vibration through this work to elevate consciousness in their own family lines as a top priority. Next priority is to generate the ascended vibrations into their communities. And finally, to guide others as they wake up into the higher consciousness to drop to drop the baggage of past human history so we can collectively evolve. And then, you know, you also go into say how when you were younger, you kind of felt that this year of 2020 was going to be a really big year, a little bit of fear that you had in there. But I mean, what are you thinking now <laughs> after writing this book, you know, having this sense and getting these downloads and hearing great spirit and knowing that there's like a collective consciousness shift and change and then bam, look at what's happening in February, March of 2020? Well, I have to say it's very intense because um, as this year started, I naively thought, oh, great, 2020, we're just going to go right on the Rainbow Bridge and everything's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and I was so excited at the beginning of the year. I was like, woohoo, and things were going great. And I was having all this beautiful energy. And I just felt like this is amazing. And then the virus came. And I thought to myself, well, this isn't what I signed up for. I did not sign up for this. That's what I thought. But then the longer I sat with it, I'm like, wow. So this is the thing that's crumbling the structures. This is the thing. This is the thing that's revealing all the underlying operations of our society that we um, that have been sort of hidden from us. We haven't really fully revealed those things. All the shadows are getting revealed now people's, um, you know, the way people, um, have made choices on behalf of the collective that actually benefit themselves financially, that's being really revealed. Um, the way people judge and shame and blame each other is being really revealed the way that we have mob mentality, like all of these ways that the humankind has remained stuck in its, in its, in its karma, basically, are being revealed, like all the underlying structures so we can see it. And it's so amazing because I, I was really resistant to the whole mask thing. I'm like, I don't want to put on a mask. Like I, I don't think it helps. And, um, you know, it actually, I've, I've done research where it feels like, you know, if you put the mask on, you're actually breathing your own air and you could reinfect yourself and this isn't really healthy. And, and I was really resistant for it. 
And then I realized, oh my gosh, the mask is a metaphor. Like there is a spiritual ascension tug of war going on between the egoic consciousness of this planet and the structures that have kept things in, in fear and control and the awakening process and the soul and the collective soul. And the mask is the ego saying, no, put your mask back on. We're not waking up. Put the mask back on, put it back on, put it back on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the soul's like, we don't need the mask. We're okay. Like we're, we're really done with that. And you know, it's like this virus is clearing the grief out of our lungs because that's what it does. It's right. It's working on the lungs. And so what do the lungs store in, in Chinese medicine? They store grief. Do we got grief on earth? Oh yeah, we got grief. We got so much grief. And then the second thing to fail is the kidneys. And what do the kidneys hold? Anger. Do we have anger on this planet? Yes, we have a lot of unprocessed anger. So it's just fascinating to me how everything is metaphorical. And it's like, what are you consuming? How do you find the truth? Like all the ways that people have navigated their life up until now and the authorities that they trusted. I mean, even the idea of external authority, knowing more about life than you, that's being challenged. So everything is being challenged right now. And I did not anticipate that this was how it was going to be done. And my soul totally tried to prepare me for this with all that information in the book. (laughs) And I still didn't see it coming. So I think that, um, I think I'm amazed. I'm amazed at spirit and how spirit, um, contrives these, um, ways to make everything so clear by showing us metaphorically, visibly what we're doing to ourselves, you know, as within, so without, as above, so below, it's amazing right now. So if you just even take some moments to contemplate the things rather than get embroiled in the things, it's, it's amazing what's happening on the planet right now. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about the second wave of volunteers? Because in your book, I was like, I don't even know if I want to answer this question. You're like, drop (laughs) down into your heart and just ask, say your name. Am I a part? Am I supposed to be a part of this, you know, second wave of volunteers? I'm like, I don't know if I want to volunteer for anything right now. What's going on here? So, um, so yeah, (laughs) tell me a little bit more about, you know, what is this about being a volunteer of the second wave? What are the duties that come with that? What does that mean? Well, the second wave, so Dolores Cannon, you mentioned her. So she actually did a bunch of research. She developed this quantum healing hypnosis technique that allows people to um, go deep into the subconscious, what she calls the subconscious, which she actually equates to the soul, and then ask questions. And so the practitioner can ask a list of questions that the client prepared when the client's in this deep hypnosis state to get answers from their soul. So that's pretty cool stuff. And so in that, of course, there's a lot of like past child, past life healing and things like that, that happen, Akashic records work that happens. So, um, when she was interviewing thousands of people in this, in this subconscious state, what Dolores found is that they would mention things like I'm part of the first wave or I'm part of the second wave. Um, and she's like, well, what is that? (laughs) You're saying you're part of these waves. What does that mean? And what it is, is they're volunteers to the planet from around the galaxy. So other planets, um, like maybe Palladian or other, other, when you're from other, another planet and you've got a lot of wisdom, maybe, um, you're an old soul and you've been around a lot of different planets and, um, you heard the call to earth, earth saying, Hey, it's time for my humanity species to wake up and we're going to try it again. You know, this would be the sixth extinction if it doesn't work. So I'm inviting all of my friends from around the galaxy to come help my creation to wake up. Um, so we came 
and uh, you called, we came. So we're here. Not everybody on the planet is a star seed. Okay. So there's a lot of um, humans on this planet that are just human. You know, they're just souls that keep incarnating as human. They're not for star seeds from other places. And then there's star seeds. And so about 10% of the population is the second wave. And so if you, if you're part of the second wave, and you've been feeling for the last couple of years like you have a deep call to purpose and you better get moving on it. And the time is now. You may keep hearing the time is now. Now is the time. Time is now. And then now is the time. Um, you've already been doing the work up until now because the only way to do the work on this planet, this is a planet of free will and consent. So the only way to, to um, awaken this planet is to do the work from the inside out. We can't like have alien ships land on this planet and tell people what to do. They won't do it. They'll fight, you know, they, they won't go along. So the way to do it is from the inside out. You've got to incarnate as human and bring your soul wisdom to bear uh, through this life form that you chose to be. And so many of us selected um, ancestral paths through the human DNA that had merit, you know, so these pathways had merit. They had um, really good accomplishments by the ancestors of those lineages. Um, they had really good um, offerings that were potentials. And they also had some strains and viruses of human suffering that needed some cleaning up. And as we heal those by embodying, it's the only way, we come in, we experience it fully, we feel it fully, we realize that this is because we remain our in our knowing in our heart about what's true love. We know that this is not accurate. And so we do the work. We're just compelled to self-help. So everybody in the second wave has, has generally come into family lines where there's been a lot of, you know, trauma and things, family patterns repeating and, and human suffering and came in to heal it and were compelled to a path of self-discovery, a path of, of healing of some kind. Um, and so I want to say that most of the work's already been done. You've already done the hard work. You just didn't even know you were doing it. And that was by design because when you come in, you're, you have earth amnesia. You don't remember anything anyway. So, you know, we designed it this way so that you, you wouldn't have to remember what you were supposed to do. You would just innately do it because you have to. So you've already done that work. So now this is the second part. This part is really powerful. The, this part is to have the realization and the remembrance that you actually did that and who you really are, and to wake up to that, and to let go of what they call the book of fate. So the book of fate is who you thought you were up until now. Your name, your family, the way you were raised, the town, the school you went to, your identity. Wake up to realize that's the book of fate. That's who you came in as, but that's not who you came in to be. And the book of destiny is who you came in to be. So you have all kinds of magical gifts and abilities and knowings, wisdom inside of you because you're an ancient soul that now as you unlock and open that up, you become a tremendous benefit to the rest of the planet. So that's, you know, and even if you never unlock it all in this lifetime, let's say it takes you a few more lifetimes, that's okay because every little bit of remembrance that you unlock, every little bit of healing that you do for yourself becomes part of your consciousness bubble, which becomes part of the light that you are. And since we each radiate packets of light always out there into the world, 
we, we can't help but radiate out packets of light. That's what we do. We're just like plants. We just radiate packets of light. And the packets of light that we radiate are radiating at our current level of consciousness. And so we're constantly sharing our current level of consciousness out there with the whole world, with everybody that we meet. And so isn't it interesting that the ego would like us to stay six feet away from each other, just outside of the um, egoic bubble, just outside of our, our light bubble, right? The, um, the, the auric field would yeah, like oh us God, to stay never even thought of that. Yeah. feet away from each other to not share our consciousness bubble with other people. <laughs> hmm. this, is a, this is a tug of war. Really interesting. I love how you're putting together like these metaphors and the ego and the aura and, you know, the masks and all of that. Now, um, I just want to back up a little bit because I don't want to assume that all of our listeners have heard the term starseed before. So is the second wave, as I'm asking this question, is the second wave of volunteers, they are starseeds? Most of them are. Yeah, most of them are from other planets. Some star seeds are have been on uh, some of the second wave are actually completing work on Earth. So Earth is an Earth school. It's Earth school, and it takes many, 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 many lifetimes to graduate Earth school. This is not an easy school to graduate from. It's very tough because of the free will. So there are souls who are part of the second wave who have been on Earth for a very long time. Um, my friend Lisa Barnett, who also contributed to the book, is one of those. And so she actually came into the body in this life and went, oh, no, I'm back here. I don't want to be here. That was at three years old. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at her hands and going, no, I don't want to be on this planet. Um, because she's been on this planet like a lot of lifetimes, you know, and this is her graduation, right? So so think about it. If you're going to lead a planet um, – if, you, if you're going to graduate, then you need a tough assignment. And the tough assignment is you get to lead a planet out of darkness and into the age of Aquarius, into the, the great awakening. So you get to test everything you ever learned in all the other lifetimes and put it to the test by, by leading and teaching others. So this, we're all learning. Every one of us is learning right now. And so what is the job of, you know, the second wave? Is it trying to bring more love to the planet? I mean, how do you begin? Like you said, you have to go within. So you kind of answered this question already. You said, you know, you have to really go within. So is it really about everybody taking um, full responsibility for their own traumas, their own consciousness, their own life, their own decisions? Can you go into a little bit deeper of what the inner work is? And this may be connected to some of the stuff that you wrote in the book about upgrading the DNA and healing the ancestral patterns. Um, so I'm curious to know, you know, how do we help? Yeah. So you've already been helping because you got to this point and you have your Reiki, you know, and you pursued the Reiki because for a reason, right? There was some trauma. So, um, we already have been doing this, and now the step is to become conscious about it. So once you're empowered and you know, oh, my gosh, this is what I came here for, okay, now your brain stops resisting 
doing the work, right? Because there's always some resistance with doing the spiritual work. It's like, oh gosh, you know, maybe that's not my full-time job. Maybe I need to go like earn some money and go on vacation. There's a lot of things to do other than this. But when you wake up and you go, oh, wait a second, I am part of the second wave. That's right. I remember. And you have that soul remembrance and that soul connection. Then what happens is that you remember that you're here to actually focus on this work, that this is the only work that matters right now, actually. And we've been given like this whole, you know, two month period of shutdown for everybody to get, you know, basically trapped in their stuff, you know, and, and, and see it clearly because realization is, is one of the first tools we can use to ascend our vibration and to heal. Because when you realize something, you, all it means is that you're bringing it from the shadows of your, you know, the unseen part of your consciousness, the shadows up into the light. And once you see it, even if it's icky and you think, oh God, that's awful. I hate that. Or I don't really like that. Or you're rejecting it. But now at least you can see it. Then you can, you can do something conscious with it, you know, which the answer is to understand where it comes from and to have compassion for it because somewhere along the line, that thing protected you. So the work right now is self-mastery and there's so many tools and practices for doing inner work that I would, you know, I couldn't cover all that right now, but I would say that you all know some of those tools, you know, you've already been using them. So, um, going within tracking the body sensations, noticing that you're, you know, if you're having a suppressed emotion, what's that emotion what aspect of you has that emotion? And then where is it coming from? Is it coming from an early childhood experience? Is it coming from an ancestral experience? Is it coming from a past life? You know, many of us that are in the second wave, this ain't our first rodeo. You know, we've all, some of us, many of us, I wouldn't say all, but many of us have experienced lifetimes where we've been persecuted for bringing this kind of message and doing this kind of light work on the planet. And there's memories of that persecution that can cause fear to stepping up this time. It's like, no, I don't think I want to sign up for this because the last few times I did, it was like off with my head, you know, so I don't or burn at the stake or whatever. And I don't want to do that. So um, we've got to counter all of those fears. That's what we're here to do right now is counter those fears within ourselves and wake up to go, okay, you know what? That's right. I am a soul. I am having a temporary experience in this thumbprint suit. You know, I like to call it a thumbprint suit because it's unique. There's none other like it. And I've been enjoying my puzzle. And now I, you know, I might have to sacrifice that puzzle for the greater good of humanity. That might just be what happens. I need to expose myself. And in the exposing of myself, I might make myself a target. And I got to face the fear of that. I have to be a courageous heart. I have to be a voice of love in the world. That's what I came here to be. I came here to put myself in the mix. I came here to be in the middle of things. I didn't come here to go home on top of the mountain because that's not that's not the awakening we're having right now. We're having the awakening right in the middle of daily life. We're having the awakening right in the middle of, you know, uh, the community. We're, we're all doing it together. The whole planet is on lockdown. We're all doing this together. Humanity is collectively awakening. And... So we are here to, you know, to really explore these things and to realize that we're, we're a soul. We're, we're each a soul and we came here to do this work. So however you do the work is how you do the work, but that's, that's the task. I hope that helps. Yeah, it does. And so another thing that I kind of want to go into and 
I want to understand it a little bit more because I feel like, um, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it a belief system has changed throughout the years, but you write in your book about the etheric level entities and that we all have a parasite attached to us since birth. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in the beginning of the podcast that, you know, if, if you've done energy work before that you may have experienced other types of entities or lower energies kind of, you know, working on other people. And I, you know, based in fear, whatever the case may be. And I think when I first really started, um, you know, learning about energy work, I had a lot of teachers that would talk about that, you know, clearing, clearing entities and these negative energies, you know, that can come around you. And, you know, as my work has kind of evolved, I don't know if I subscribe to that anymore. And I know that there's a duality of energy, but I don't know if it's necessarily these like, you know, these, these scary things that are really working at us as opposed to maybe just more thought forms that are in the collective consciousness of fear and anger and, and irritability. So I kind of, and then I've had, you know, more teachers along the way, um, also then start talking about, you know, whatever your belief system or whatever your intent is, that's what you'll manifest. So if I want to release myself from more of these fear-based belief systems, that would move me away to maybe not subscribing to the fact that there are these lower levels of energies that are feeding on us or blocking us or, or wreaking havoc in our energy system. So I've been having, you know, quite a few discussions with some of my teachers on, on both ends and just trying to figure this out for myself because I'm, I'm kind of standing in the middle of it and I'm really not sure how to make sense of it because I would like to move more in that state, uh, belief system, energy follows thought of being about love and pure light and, you know, the rainbow bridge, like you talk about, you know, I've never had an experience like some other healers, like, like you, um, you know, where, you know, these forms will attach onto me because I'm the healer and I'm working on people with these energies. I, I haven't had that experience. So that also leads me in the other direction to say, you know, are some of these quote unquote entities really just negative thought forms from the human and the individual, as opposed to something separate from, uh, the individual that we're working on. So can you help me to understand this a little bit more in the way that you understand it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you said all that because it speaks to the journey of awakening. It speaks to the journey of understanding. We can't skip steps. There's no skipping steps. So we have to walk the steps. So I was um, guided because I've had the same realizations that you've had, but I was guided to not publish that. I was guided to publish what I published. And the reason being because people have to meet their work where they, where they are. So a lot of times the easiest place to meet the work is the realization that there's, that there are parasites, just like in your gut, there are parasites in your gut. And we know that they're there. You know, we know that there are good parasites that help us to be healthy. And we know that there are parasites that help us to not be healthy. You know, there's sugar bacteria that eat sugar. And then, so when you have sugar cravings, it's not you that's craving the sugar. It's the, it's the bacteria that's craving the sugar, right? The parasite. And so then you put sugar in your mouth because you think it's you that wants the sugar, but it's not you that wants the sugar. So there, there are, there are um, cleanup organisms. So, so let's just say that. So in an in a ecosystem, sometimes things get out of balance. So in this ecosystem, um, there were uh, parasites or entities that were designed to clean up 
mess, right? They were designed to clean up, let's say, hate. Like, so if anger, if anger and hate come out, these would be like mulching anger and hate and transmuting them back into um, cleansed energy, just like the earth transmutes everything. So if you put something in the earth, like, like um, for mulching, then it'll digest and it'll mulch. And then you'll have like, you know, fertilizer that you can plant a new seed in to grow something. So same thing. So these, there's all kinds of cleanup mechanisms like that out on the planet. And um, some of them feast on grief and some of them feast on um, anger and some of them feast on hate and some of them feast on, you know, all the base level emotions, the dense emotions, because those need to be transmuted. They need to be transmuted back into light. They're very heavy and dense. So what happens is that what has happened on earth over the last couple thousand years is that people have, um, the balance has gotten shifted to the place where some of these entities were given more energy, more, um, anger, more hate, more things because of people's choices, right? So thought forms that people were creating for themselves, um, in their manifestation of, of life on earth and their, uh, their choice of what they wanted to create. They were creating more situations that, um, led to hate or led to anger. And then what happened was, is that then these creatures started realizing, oh, I can just like get really fat harvesting my human, you know? And so I can farm this situation. So I don't have to work so hard. So, I mean, all of life wants to farm, right? All of life wants to sit back and just get an easy meal. This is like just part of life, wanting to feed itself. And the problem is that humans lost their consciousness over this. So they, they would just fall into these default patterns. And were they responsible for creating it? Yes, they were responsible for creating it. Our ancestors created a lot of this. But then as the, and then the way that the ancestry works, there's so many threads to this, so it's just hard to explain, but I'm doing my best. So the way that the ancestry works is that we inherit all of our ancestors' experiences in our human DNA. So in our bodies, we're inheriting all of our ancestral beliefs, um, unprocessed trauma, situations, as well as the gifts and the wisdom and the things that they, you know, cultivated strength and, and, and courage and all those things. We inherit all of that in our physical vessel. So anything that's not resolved, um, cleaned up, not forgiven, is inherited from our ancestors in our body. So then we just walk right into this thumbprint suit, forgetting who we are with amnesia, and then immediately immersed in this worldview of our ancestry inside this body. So it can be very confusing and you can get lost in there, like thought tunnels galore. And a lot of humans do get totally lost in the mire of like this creation, this like multi-generational creation. And then navigating your way out of that is the path of consciousness. So when you start to wake up, you start to realize the first realization is some of this stuff's not mine. That's a key realization. Some of this stuff is a parasite. That's a key realization. And when you realize that, you can say no to it. And you can, you can, you can remove it from, your, from attachment to your energetic body. You can ascend your vibration to be like, you know what, we're not having that anymore. That's out of here. Now, on the other side of that, as you ascend your energy and you open up greater access to your soul, it's sort of like, um, I love the analogy of Michelangelo working on the statue of David. Michelangelo would say, I am not carving the statue of David. I'm merely carving away what's not the statue. In other words, he was able to see through the stone to the light being that was David, the statue, inside the stone. And he was able to carve away the stone to reveal the light being underneath. And that's exactly what we're doing. So when we do this work, we're carving away 
the stone. We're carving away the crust. We're carving away the repressed anger, the hatred, the, the unforgiveness, the ancestral traumas, the past life experiences, whatever all the stuff is that we came to deal with in this life and it's part of our soul's curriculum. We're clearing that all away. And some of that stuff is, is entities that, that farm family lines. And you're basically saying no to it now. No, you can't do that to me anymore. Are there still parasites that clean up anger and hate and all that? Well, sure. They're in the field. We have, we have bacteria that eat sugar. Sure. That's all part of it. We all have it. But there's a difference between that and something that's gotten way too much power and got out of balance and started farming a family. That's a whole different thing. And that does exist. I'll tell you, um, Alberto Vialdo once shared in um, one of our sessions, uh, we were in a class on protection, personal strengthening personal protection class. And he talked about um, that, you know, he has an energetic Jaguar. We all have Jaguars. We're all given Jaguars as part of our training, and we have these energetic Jaguars. And he said that his Jaguar, he went into a meeting, and his Jaguar told him, there's something in this room that would eat you. <laughs> like, you want to get out of here. Like, And in fact, there, you know, there are alien beings that we can't see on this planet that are not friendly to humans. It's not a friendly situation. So to think that everything in the universe is friendly, it would be naive. And this is why we stay on the rainbow bridge. So in the rainbow bridge and on the rainbow light, we are, we are protected. We're protected by light beings and, you know, everything is good. But there are, there are um, polarities in consciousness, polarities in consciousness. And depending on what part of the... Um, the rainbow eye you're at might not be compatible with you. Like it could be disastrous to you to be around certain energies. It's just because it's on the opposite side of the spectrum. We're just not meant to all be buddied up right next to each other. Does that make sense? <laughs> that was a lot of information. Yeah, it does. And I'm sure our listeners are, are like, okay, so then how do I remove these things that are not mine? <laughs> um, and so this might be a nice bridge into telling our audience how they can work with you to learn how to do this. I know that you do um, do retreats and you have uh, different events. I know some of that might look a little bit different uh, due to the lockdown right now, but why don't you let our listeners know how they can maybe get in touch with you to help begin to remove some of this so that they can come back into who they are and live their best possible life. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what I do is, um, I, I am a healer, so I am trained in healing arts and, and more than that, I'm trained in helping people on their own spiritual journey to become their own, um, their own best friend in that way. And, uh, because we're not, I'm not about creating dependencies. So, um, I do rainbow light activation healings. Uh, those are bookable from my website. You know, there's a, there's a COVID special for 30 minutes, um, that's available. The one hour is pretty cool, but, um, beyond the, the rainbow light activation healing and that, that healing is actually a collaboration between me and the client. So we go to a fifth dimensional space called the sanctuary. And in the sanctuary, we track, I help the client track, like, what are you feeling? What's in your body? Where is that coming from? And then bring forth from the client's consciousness, the aspect of them that's actually experiencing something that needs some reconciliation and some healing. And then we do that healing together and then we get the rainbow light and it's really beautiful. And it's an opportunity to, to have a clear channel to your higher guidance because uh, they call me a door opener. I opened the door and in opening the door, clients experience um, a more clear access to their, to their uh, spirit guides. So 
And then what I do is I teach people how to do that for themselves. And I give people the activation codes and the healings that remove and decrust um, some pretty common set of um, paradigms on earth that restrain us from our full sovereignty. So I help people to clear those away. And um, that's my butterfly circle program. That's a year long program. It's a training and it's a spiritual mastery program that I've um, put together as a conglomeration of teachings from many different awesome teachers um, that are Toltec lineage, that are uh, some teachings from the Four Winds, um, some teachings from the Power Path. I've also worked with Jose and Lana Stevens. Um, a few things that they shared that I really were pivotal and important to share. And, um, you know, and then that's just a diving off point for your own exploration. Like if you decided then you want to go study with the Four Winds or you want to go jump off into the Power Path or you want to go study Toltec wisdom, you know, it's a jumping off point. Um, so I get people started and, and also get people deepening. So if you've already been on the journey for a long time and you just haven't integrated a spiritual practice, then I can help you do that as well. And then right now, what really came through over the last few weeks was this series called liberation. Like it came in so quickly. It was a quick pivot. I was not expecting it came in on a Wednesday and the first session was on a Sunday. (laughs) I was like, really? <laughs> That's like five days, but apparently that was enough because I got a full, you know, a lot of people signed up for that and it was powerful. The first session of liberation was clearing away the idea of external authority. It's an idea. So we cleared away the idea of external authority. And in the second session, we cleared, um, we cleared a lot of things that keep us from stepping into our sovereignty. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, when you think about stepping more deeply into your purpose or starting a podcast or going out and being a healer or speaking about some of the things, you know, there's all these inner resistances that come up. So we cleared a bunch of those in that second session. And now we're heading into session three and I have no idea what's going to happen. And that's like in two days. Cause I don't, I don't really know what's what we're going to do until pretty much the day before. So that's eight sessions. So if anybody's interested in the liberation series, um, they are recorded. And so whenever you're finding this broadcast, you can always um, listen to them back. So that that's what I have going on right now. It's a lot. And um, it's, you know, I, it's partially fun, right? I mean, it's exciting and fun time to be alive. And it's also disorienting and, and, provoking because everything's changing right before our eyes. Yeah, it really is. Well, thank you so much. And again, uh, Carrie's website is Carrie, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And uh, I'm going to sign up actually for one of your rainbow light healing sessions. So look for my name to pop up next week, probably on a day off that I have on Tuesday. I'm looking at your schedule here. So I'm pretty excited just to experience that. And um and just feel that energy. I loved our talk. It was just such a great conversation and really appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. I also wanted to remind you that we are selling live stream tickets over at our website for $129 for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. This conference is going to be held online only June 5th, through the 7th and you can get your access by visiting path11productions.com ac2020